the only Ohio State sports podcast made by students for students. The buck stops here. Tully. Tim, obviously everybody is very excited for the game this Saturday. Are you ready to answer some questions about the big day? Let's rock and roll, man. All righty. First off, just to just to gauge a little interest here, how excited are you personally for the game? Because I know I'm absolutely amped and so is Nate. Yeah, this is probably my third year being a huge, you know, Buckeye fan and somebody who follows the team. First year really covering the team. And I'm really, really excited, mostly, really excited mostly just to see how this team reacts in the first real Michigan game that's going to be a huge deal. I mean, this is a de facto playoff game. I'm probably as excited for this game as I was for the Alabama game and the national championship games just because of what, what the game can mean. And last year, you know, I was excited for the Michigan State game, but more worried. And this year, you know, we're kind of at the point where you don't have to be worried about dropping a game. You're you're excited to win a game. So yeah. it's a different mindset thinking about, you know, if you win this, you go to the playoff, and then, you know, all the stuff we've had in the last couple of years could come true again. So it's a lot of excitement, and it's a lot of a lot of hype, man. I tell you what, just especially right before Thanksgiving here, just a lot of hype. So obviously I think everybody knows what this game means for Ohio State. If we win, we're more likely than not into the college football playoff. But what is this game – in your opinion, not just for the college football playoff, but for the school in general, mean for Michigan? Well, I think it means that Michigan's back. I, we've been saying ever since, you know, Brady Hoke and Lloyd Carr and all these, you know, Ohio State has dominated this game. Since the freshmen are alive, I think Michigan's only beat Ohio State one or two times since the our freshman class at Ohio State has been alive, which is ridiculous to think about. And you know, everybody wants to talk about is Michigan back, is this is how you get back. You beat Ohio State on the road to go to the playoff, to go to the Big Ten Championship. This game means so much for that university and that football program as a whole because it means their transformation to back to being one of the top teams in the country is complete. And unfortunately for Ohio State, to make the game, you know, the game's always going to be relevant and it's always going to be exciting. But to make it as fierce and disgusting as everybody wants it to be, Michigan has to win at some point. Yeah, I agree with you there, but one thing for Michigan, obviously, to win this game, quarterback play is going to be huge, and we don't know what the deal is with Wilton's fate. He suited up and warmed up last week, which is an absolutely psycho move by Jim Harbaugh, but what do you think is going to happen this week, and, and how important is the play of the quarterback going to be for Michigan in this game? I don't think Spate is going to play. I, I agree with you that I think it's a smokescreen you know, he warmed, he warmed up last week in full pads but with a broken collarbone, although the Michigan yeah. hasn't gone out and said he has a broken collarbone. I mean, you can watch that video again. It, it, it's, you know, it's broken. So they can try to do what they want. But it's not like you're practicing for 
you're setting up for JT Barrett instead of Cardell Jones, you know? This is one this one A versus one B. It's you know, Brian Hoyer versus Josh McCown. You're really not changing up what you have there weapon wise. Spite's a better player. However, that he's not a he's better at what he does than John than O'Corn is at doing what Spate does. And that's what they're gonna do. They don't have many different looks or sets. It's not like he's a super great runner that separates him from Spate. It's a traditional, you know, Michigan quarterback who's gonna drop back in the pocket and try to throw some short passes and let the running game take over. So what do you think this game is going to look like? What do you think these teams are going to do? Is it just going to be a ground and pound, or are they going to open up the playbooks or what? Well, I think it's going to be a running game. I, I don't know. The weather is looking like it's going to be a traditional great Big Ten matchup. But if you look at the running games of both these teams, the last five years Ohio State has won. But Ohio State has dominated in the running game the last few years. If you look at the statistics, last year, obviously, they had over 300 yards rushing, which is just absolutely crazy, especially against a defense like Michigan, who's had their down years over the last few years. But to get run on like that is crazy. They had 369 last year, 233 the year before, 393 before that in 13, and then 207 and 12. It's crazy the way they've been able to dominate games and double Michigan rushing game in the last four years. And that's what's led to big dominant scores. And Ohio State scored 42 points in the last three years. So what do you think are some of the keys to the game? First, I guess, we'll start off with Michigan. What are maybe, you know, two or three points that they really need to focus on in this game to, uh, to get Ohio State? Well, you need to eliminate Curtis Samuel from the Ohio State game plan, similar to the way Penn State and Michigan State did. Don't know why particularly, but they were trying to set up schemes to get Samuel out from getting the ball. They were successful and Ohio State was forced to call their plays and JT Barrett carried the ball more than 25 times in both those games where Ohio State only scored 17 points. You need to keep, you don't even need to limit the big plays. You just need to limit the domination by Ohio State's offense. The games this year where they've, they've had the, you know, the two struggle games, I'll call them, Penn State and Michigan State, where they have been able to score. But then every other game in the schedule, they're running down the field except for uh, Northwestern, that 24-20 game, running down the field, scoring on every other drive. So for Michigan, my first point would be make JT Barrett run the ball 25 times because that means the reads aren't open for the other guys and you're going to start making them uncomfortable. Second off, you need to get a turnover from JT Barrett at some point in this game, a fumble. That's how your offense, who isn't going to be passing the ball very well, is going to be able to move the ball. You need to set them up inside Ohio State territory. And my third point for them is they need to find a way to get your Bill Peppers the ball. They don't give them the ball in offense a lot, but they need to stop Ohio State in their own territory and give him space to return kicks. Ohio State is a really good punter in Cameron Johnson, and he's going to try to keep the ball away from Peppers, but you have to give him an opportunity to get the ball. So going along with that, how much do you see them using Jabril Peppers a lot more in this game? Do you, do you see any change in the game plan from that point where Jim Harbaugh is just going to say, you know what, this guy's our best all-around player. We need to get him in the game right now, and he's going he's gonna to try and take this game over. You know, I don't because I haven't really seen that this year where they've been relying. But they could have a full speckled package of plays that they're saving mm -hmm. for this Ohio State game because they really haven't played top-level competition outside – of Wisconsin and Colorado, and even Colorado at the time, they didn't think was going to be that big of a threat. You know, this team yeah. has only played one road game outside of Rutgers, and all the other games were inside of Michigan. 
they played Iowa and lost and they struggled offensively and they really couldn't get peppers to do anything. They weren't given a lot of chances. Um, Spate got hit late, but what should comfort you as an Ohio state fan, as I'd imagine a good solid portion of our listeners are is that this guy is going to scare you, but he's going to scare you if you give him the opportunity to, there's a lot of chances where, you know, if it's third and 12, who cares? You know, they're not throwing the ball past the sticks to beat you with your Bo peppers. He's got to do the wildcat stuff and run. And if you can contain, if you have fast linebackers like Rayquan McMillan, you know, Jerome Baker and Chris Worley there, they do a pretty good job of containing those fast guys. So you, you said a little bit about Cameron Johnston, who was a finalist for the Ray guy award, moving over to the defensive side of the ball for Ohio state. What do you think of Malik Hooker being left out of the final three for the Jim Thorpe award for the best defensive back in the country? Cause I was a little bit shocked by that. Yeah. You know, it's strange to think about because he was so good and he had so many interceptions and a lot of interception returns too. But there's some other great defensive backs in the country, and I know he'll wear that with a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And maybe because he wasn't on the preseason watch list and he wasn't a guy that people were worried about before the season that he surprised them. And, you know, he'll tell you, I'm sure, and the rest of the guys will tell you that they're more worried about winning this game. But it's yeah. got to affect your psyche a little bit to do so well and get ignored. And I'm sure he'll come into this game with a chip on his shoulder, like he came on into uh, Penn State with a chip on his shoulder. He had one of his best games of the season, tackling and defending the ball that game. But, you know, a lot of these guys are emotional players, and you see that through the way they play. So who on Ohio State, I'd like to maybe spotlight a couple of players. Who do you think outside of, you know, the usual offensive contributors and, you know, obviously like Raekwon McMillan and – Malik Cooker on defense, but who do you think in this game will step up or has to step up kind of outside uh, of the bounds that they usually play? Well, I think the main – the defense is the best part of Michigan's strategy. So, you, Ohio State, you're going to have to attack on offense. And if Curtis Samuel spread out, Jordan Lewis is going to cover him. So, who are your next receiving options? And, you know, I say it every time we talk, and it seems like every time they give him the ball, Marcus Ball scores a touchdown. Or a hurdle somebody. So Marcus Ball is certainly a guy to look for, and maybe he'll be covered by Peppers, so that might hurt his chance a little bit. But it's the secondary receivers that need to show up. Somebody needs to make a long play where they catch the ball and run for 50 yards. Somebody needs to get open downfield and let Barrett throw it out. James Clark is a guy that comes to mind who Barrett loves to try deep, and they really haven't connected this season. Or Dontre Wilson coming back off injury. Just somebody who can make that defense think about them and take the attention off of Curtis Samuel and Mike Weber. This is a big game for Dontre Wilson after, you know, the big skirmish involving him and his freshman year and everything. But, uh, I I mean, what do you see from Dontre Wilson? You say coming back. He's been kind of quiet this season, but I feel like you said, you know, Curtis Samuel, if he splits out wide, that Jordan Lewis is going to cover him, that Jabril Peppers could be on Marcus Ball. But what if a guy like like Dontre Wilson is on the field at the same time as Curtis Samuel and Marcus Baugh. Who, you know, what do you see there? Well, what you need to – exactly. So, Ohio State has so many weapons. They always have so many weapons every year. Also, just just to say, you can never n- discount Noah Brown in a big game like this. Too. That's nightmare outside. Certainly. So, that's kind of how – Jordan Lewis is not a huge corner, and maybe that's a guy who can take advantage of his size on him. And they've really gone away from Noah Brown 
And, you know, get him a slant. He's a big body and he can move. Get him a slant. Get maybe Benjamin Victor on a deep ball and let him try to do his thing. You got to take some shots. And that was a thing they struggled with against Penn State. And they struggled against Michigan State is just taking chances downfield and attacking. And a guy like having Dontre Wilson, having Curtis Samuel, just having guys that when they're on the field, the defense says two's there, four's there, 85's there. You know, that that's how 83 or 82 sneaks away. You need to get the eyes on the – you need as many weapons on the field as possible so you can use the other guys instead of, you know, having Curtis Samuel on and then giving him a break and putting Dontre Wilson in to do the same thing. And one thing I really want Ohio State to do – that they did in successful games is they had the two-back formation with Weber and Samuel. My favorite formation, I think it's so dangerous because it forces the linebackers to be honest. And when one guy takes a step, they have to cheat one way and you break them back the other way. And that's a really successful formation. And we've seen a lot of touchdowns from Samuel on that. What do you think is going to be Mike Weber's role in this game? How important is his play going to be? Well, Mike Weber, the Big Ten Freshman of the Week, coming into this game last week, he was awesome. And he's really coming to his own as a running back, crossed 1,000 yards for the season last week. And this is where maybe you, he gets his little Zeke run. He's, you know, you could get three games left. And Zeke was so good at over 200 in those last three games that he's coming into plays like last week against Michigan State. He had that, broke four tackles and then flew through. That's what he's going to have to do. This is a good defense. You can break a tackle or two. You can take advantage of them because they're fast guys who get to the ball. You know, if you break a tackle there, everybody's already there. You find the opening seam and can run away. I think he's going to need over 100 yards, and he's going to need 20 carries. You know, last week he had 14 carries against Michigan State. They need to give him the rock and maybe some more where you've got a guard pulling to open up for him instead of doing a zone read and just giving it to him or keeping JT for four or five. And those JT runs are great, but when you're getting four yards, you'd rather get four yards with your running back, so he's the one taking those hits than JT Barrett. Agreed. So now let's step away from the game a little bit and let's talk about the Big Ten title game implications. What do you realistically see happening with the Penn State-Michigan State game on Saturday as well? That game is at Penn State, so obviously a very, very tough environment for Michigan State, but you cannot discount the fact that Michigan State has played both Michigan and Ohio State pretty tough this season. Yeah, well, I was at that game – on Saturday against Michigan State, and L.J. Scott should scare you. You know, he's a great running back, and Michigan State, they just can't pass the ball very well, and that was what Ohio State had struggles against Penn State. Penn State was bringing the pass rush and attacking J.T. Barrett, and, you know, with O'Connor back there, you worry about Michigan State's inability to pass. I don't think Penn State should have any trouble. Obviously, we're hoping for chaos, but there's also a thought where – if you're Ohio State and you're rooting for Penn State to lose and you're going to get in the playoff by beating Michigan, there are murmurs that maybe they'd rather take that week off and get a guaranteed admission rather than risking going to play Wisconsin. I don't think the team feels that way. I think they want to win the Big Ten if they have the opportunity. They feel like they can beat Wisconsin in Indianapolis. And then you still get a couple weeks off before the bowl game. I don't see Penn State dropping that game. You know, James Franklin's got those guys believing. And, and I am not as confident now that Penn State would lose to Wisconsin if they were to win and go to the Big Ten Championship. I think Penn State's got that one on Saturday night. All right. So let's say, let's say Penn State wins. They go to the Big Ten title game. Give me situations. And let's say Ohio State wins as well in the game on Saturday. 
So give me your real, like what you feel would be the final four after that Big Ten title game. First, give me if Penn State wins the Big Ten title game, and then give me if Wisconsin, for example, were to win the Big Ten title game. I think if Ohio State takes care of business and beats the number three team in the country, they are number two. Alabama is number one. Um, you're going to get Clemson at three if they keep winning, and then you're going to get the Big Ten champ regardless of it's Penn State or Wisconsin at number four. Just because of that conference, you know, Washington has a tough game and they're going to have a tough conference championship. Oklahoma could have a chance to sneak in if that Big Ten champion is Wisconsin. That would be really the only thought as to – if a Big Ten champion wouldn't get in, what people from other schools outside the Big Ten should be rooting for Ohio State to win big and then Wisconsin to win. Or they should be rooting against Ohio State because then you need Michigan would go to the Big Ten and probably beat Wisconsin to the Big Ten championship. So the only way – I don't think Penn State can get left out if they win the Big Ten championship. I think Wisconsin could get left out, but I don't see it being likely. I think there's a lot of money in the Big Ten opposed to the pack, you know, the which unfortunately is a factor as we saw, you know, people were complaining about Ohio State making it, but they, you know, they were the best team in the country in 2014. They won the national championship. Mm-hmm. What concerns you as an Ohio State fan is just winning this game on Saturday. I really don't think they're going to be allowed to drop three spots after beating the number three team in the country if they were to beat Michigan. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree with you on that one. I could, I mean, I've considered in my head, what if Ohio State, you know, if Penn State were to win the Big Ten title game, do you think Penn State would hop up to like a three and Ohio State would potentially drop to the four seed just because of the of the head-to-head matchup, the head-to-head loss for Ohio State? No, I think that the loss to Pittsburgh will be looked at much worse. I, You know, what – is you're going to look at premier wins. They, the, uh-huh. We've seen so far that teams value big wins, or the committee values big wins over big losses. And, you know, you get Pittsburgh had – Pittsburgh beat Clemson, and then Pittsburgh also beat Penn State. So Penn State, their big wins will be Ohio State and Wisconsin if they were to win out and make it to the playoff. They got throttled by Michigan. Ohio State will have beaten Oklahoma, Wisconsin, both on the road. Michigan, Nebraska. So that's four teams that are in the top 10 when they played them. So I I don't see a way in which you could say that the resume of Penn State is better than Ohio State's, even though the head-to-head will be there. I think Penn State won't even be upset if they're in there as the four because with two losses in the playoff, opposed to a one-loss team who – the way that game kind of went down, you could – you know, it was a weird game, that Penn State game. I think Penn State, if they win the Big Ten, deserves to be in the playoff. However, I don't know if they deserve to jump Ohio State. All right. I, I Yeah, I think I'd – I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think I'd have to agree with it as well. Because However, the- they could be trying to eliminate Penn State and Alabama playing in the first round, and then maybe yeah. you get Ohio State moving. I don't know where they would move to, but they could also try to go Penn State three, maybe Ohio State two. Mm-hmm. but Clemson would have to lose again, and I don't think that's going to happen. That's right, why. So I don't think you put a two-loss team in front of a one-loss team. Sorry. All right, let's go back to the game, obviously, because this is what everybody wants. First, I want to hear 
what Ohio State has to do to beat Michigan in this game, and then we'll go score predictions and in your level of confidence in the game. All right. I think Ohio State needs to run the ball better than Michigan. That's what's apparent. They need to force O'Korn to pass on offense. They need to put him in tough situations and get some interceptions and get some turnovers to set this offense up well. Um, they need to limit Jabro Peppers' impact on the game by using Cam Johnson effectively. He needs to have a good day punting the ball because he's going to punt. This is a good defense. They're not going to just let Ohio State stomp all over him. And they need to connect on a big ball. They need to have a long touchdown pass from JT Barrett. He needs to be sharp. He was not sharp the other day. The win was a factor. But Barrett shows up in big games. We've seen that, you know, against last year against Michigan, he was great, but Zeke was great. So Weber needs to be like Zeke, man. He needs to be great. He needs to take over games and force teams to, instead of hoping Barrett, you know, forcing Barrett to get the ball, they need to be worried about Weber first. All right, I like to hear that. So stop the run and then run the ball ourselves pretty much is what you're saying, right? Correct. All righty. So I, we should go score predictions, right? First, do you yep. want to go level of confidence first and then a score prediction? Sure, sure. We'll both do our own. Um, my level of confidence is 60%. Okay. I think Michigan needs this game more than – as a program more than any program has needed to win just to put them on the map and say, you know, we're better than you. We're back. Jim Harbaugh's here to stay and whatnot, you know, and that scares you. I think Ohio state is a better team and a more and a better offense. Michigan's defense is really good, but I, I like Ohio state's chances and I like the experienced quarterback and JT Barrett over for Michigan. My score prediction I think this game is going to end with Ohio state's defense on the field. Michigan driving, and I think they're going to get a stop to win, just something like 27-24. We always give Ohio State 27 points, and they always exceed that, but I think 27-24 is my pick. How important or how much does this being a home game for Ohio State factor into your confidence level? That's my extra 10% I would be giving. So, But Ohio State's great on the road, but they had the loss – just the big games, man. This this crowd has been exceptional this year. The Nebraska game was outrageous. The hype for this – every year, Ohio State fans are excited for the Michigan game. The students are so excited for this game. It's college game day. You know, the crowd is going to be as good as it's been. It's going to be, dude. It's going to be awesome, man. It's it's. I think the crowd is going to help Ohio State a lot, and I think that's going to help them get to O'Corn. So we need a big game from our boy Jalen Holmes, man. I, I think – the Jalen Holmes and the Rushman and with the crowd can team up and get some defensive stops. All right. I'll give you my percentage. I'm sitting right around 60% myself. I'll say 55%, a little bit more nervous. I'm just really not sure what Ohio, depending on what the weather's going to be. Cause I haven't looked, you know, you said it's going to be one of those classic big 10 bad weather games. So I, I don't know how much the weather is going to play into it. I'm really nervous about that because when it's windy and snowy and rainy like it was in that Michigan State game last year, we just have a lot of trouble throwing the football. And I mean, week too. I mean I, I'm nervous about that. And I'm going to go for my final score with my Bucks, obviously, at 55%. And I'm going to go 21-14 Ohio State. Wow, that's real low scoring. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be – I do not think the ball is going to be put in the end zone a whole lot. I don't think the ball is going to be put in the air a whole lot. I think it's going to be a classic ground and pound. I said that 
And the, I think the weather is just, it's just going to be cold. Man. So I'm looking, actually looking at the weather now. It's going to be 45 and 27. No, no precipitation. It's just going to be cold, man. That's the way Big oh, Ten football is. That's not so bad. No, no, no. The Big Ten football made to be played in the 30s. So it's going to be an awesome game. I'm excited. All right. Well, everybody, we, we obviously thank you, Tim. Tim and I will be on the call for the second half of the game. Right, Tim? Yes. On Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. So check us out. We'll be extra pumped to go. The Michigan Student Radio will be right next to us. So I'm sure – There'll be a little bit of animosity, as obviously I'm already pumped up. They called us out on Twitter. Disrespect. Hey, we'll let the gate. We'll let, we'll let the guys who wear pads deal with it, not the guys in suits, right? <laughs> obviously, obviously. But uh, once again, we thank you, Tim, and let's go, Bucks. Go, Bucks. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Buck Stops here.